welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. You want to open up your Bibles to two different places in your New Testament, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, and then the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5. And today's sermon is actually tomorrow night's lesson. It ties in with what you'll be learning about at VBS you'll be hearing this again if you're coming to Bible school. And it's a message that we all need to know. And it's one about the very first disciples being called to follow Jesus. Jesus places a gospel call on our life. Every single one of us is asked by the Lord, are we going to be followers of Him? And wherever you are, if you go to school, if you're retired... If you are a young person, if you're a child, if you're working all the time, it doesn't matter what you do, you are expected and called by the Lord to follow Him in any and every situation. And look what, look what the Lord says right here. This is the calling of, of Peter and his brother Andrew. Matthew four eighteen. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So these guys are fishing. The way they fished, it was different than we fish. They, they didn't use a, a spinning reel and just sit there and watch it go 80 yards down if it's a really good spinning rod, then just reel in your fish. They had to catch fish the old-timey way. This is a cast net. And what happens, you take this, and if you're really good, there's a way to throw this so it opens up and it lands. And then you pull up, you let it sink to the bottom, long rope, and then you pull it up, and then all of a sudden, you've got, hopefully, lots of fish in there. It's, if you know how to throw a net, a cast net, that's how you catch fish. Now, theirs didn't come from Walmart and didn't have lead weights at the bottom. They had a custom make, they probably used rocks, it was just a different way to make a net. But it worked. They were able to catch fish with it. So what happened is, these men, these brothers, Peter and Andrew, this is their business. They would go out in the Sea of Galilee, which is a big lake in northern Israel, and catch fish. And Jesus comes along in verse 19. And he says, follow me, he told them. I will make you fish for people. He's saying, you're no longer going to be fishing for these fish. You're going to start fishing for men. You're going to start catching the lives of people. What is he inviting him to do? He's inviting him to be a part of the kingdom of God. That means Jesus is starting his ministry. Jesus is going to be doing ministry for three years. He's going to go die on a cross, and then he's going to be buried, and then three days later he's going to come up from the grave, and all of humanity has the opportunity to be saved because of what Jesus did on the cross. So Peter is being redirected from all of a sudden just living a life of throwing that net there over and over again to saying, hey, I am going to now begin fishing for men, for people. I'm going to be part of what God is doing. That's what it means to fish for people. You're going to join God in your everyday life and witness Him at work. Jesus is saying, Peter, it's time for a career change. You're a disciple of me. Last week, we go, went to vacation on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. We go the same place, same week, same everything, literally. We do the same stuff, same old beach. 
I mean, literally, and nothing changes. Same grocery store. I mean, I've been doing it since I was born. So we go there, and we even go to the same old church, same Sunday school class we go to. So uh, Richard Lewis is my other Sunday school teacher when I go down there. So we go down there, and last Sunday we're at church at First Baptist Hilton Head, and they had a guest preacher. Um, remember like two or three weeks ago I preached on pride? Well, I'm going to share with you there's a danger for me to go to church. Because a lot of times when I go to church, I'll find myself evaluating people. And evaluation is dangerous. When you go to church, if you're an evaluator, you, you're missing everything. And the preacher, the normal pastor there, he was out of town. He went to New Orleans for the, for the convention, for the Southern Baptist Convention. We're studying that on Wednesday nights, but not this Wednesday because we have VBS. So he was there and he preached. And this gentleman, he was going to plant a church. And it was his second sermon. So uh, it was a learning opportunity, I guess, for him. And uh, I was there, and he was learning. And what happens is when you're listening to a guest preacher, it's very easy to say, if I'm not careful, I'll sit there and say, okay, how's this guy's eye contact? Does this guy read the Bible and then talk for 30 minutes about some random other stuff and never actually talk about the text? And I committed the true cardinal sin in church, and I did it. And it's been a long time since I've done this. I looked at my watch, because he was really excited for the preaching opportunity. And it goes longer than our service, and it kept going, even today's service, and it kept going, and it kept going. And he was just, uh, he was learning, we'll say. And I found myself thinking, when is the invitation going to start? We've got a lot to do. And it was a very condescending, arrogant attitude. And I was sitting in that pew. We sat on the fourth pew that Sunday. And I literally heard the Lord speak to me. Daniel, watch what I'm about to do. See, I was listening to announcements. So I knew they were about to have soon a beach baptism at that church. I thought, that's really neat because I've never been part of a beach baptism. It's actually going to be next Sunday on June 25th. So I... Uh, I thought that was a neat thing going on at their church to go out to the Atlantic Ocean and baptize new believers. So I'm sitting there, and we finally start the invitation. And one lady came down and prayed for the pastor, or the visiting pastor. And then, um, it's like the last, we're singing some hymn, and we're on the last stanza of the hymn. It's like 21, 22-year-old young man, and the Lord said, I'm going to do something. Watch what I'm going to do, Dan. And you know, it's easy to say, that was an a, a undesirable sermon. You, it's one of those times you sit in church and think, I didn't get anything out of it. But you have to remember, whenever the Word of God is preached and taught, even by people who maybe they're not the most polished people in the world, the power is not in the presentation. The power is in the Word of God. We're doing this invitation. This young man, 21-year-old, walks down the aisle, he comes down front, talks to the visiting pastor, and gets saved, just like that. And I was somewhat surprised. I was totally surprised, because I didn't think anybody could understand what the man was even saying. And not only that, they had a receiving line. They introduced him, young teen, uh, like 21-year-old, 22-year-old kid. And they're introducing him a receiving line, so I go through the receiving line. Because I just want to know, was this like a prearranged decision? I think, was this guy like scheduled to walk down the aisle? I walk down front, 
I invite them to beach baptisms because I listen to announcements. I said, you know, in two weeks, we're having beach, I say we as if I'm part of their church, we're having beach baptism here at the church. Or, you know, maybe you could get baptized in the ocean. He says, yeah, I heard about that during announcements. That sounds really cool. I think I might talk, talk to the guy about doing that. That was not a prearranged decision. That young man on a very unexpecting sermon, an unlikely preacher, a, a, a day that many people were dozing off and looking at their watches, that young man was convicted of his sin and gave his life to Jesus. But do you know who else was convicted on the fourth pew? I was. The Lord spoke to me and said, Daniel, why do you doubt me? Why do you not trust what I can do? And God wants us to join him. Peter is being asked to leave the life of fishing for fish and start joining kingdom work. And kingdom work involves, and the, war, the Lord is working all over. Whether you're in Hilton Head Island, whether you're in Danville, or whether you're here in Lexington, you go throughout your day and anticipate, God, what are you doing? Who are you going to bring in my path? How can I be a part of sharing the good news of telling someone about you? And Peter here is being asked by the Lord, Peter, it's time to follow me. When we are asked to follow him, we don't take a week off on vacation. We don't go to a church service as evaluators and think, what am I going to get out of this? We trust God. No matter what is, if the Word of God is preached and taught, we trust Him that it is going to be fruitful and produce an overabundant crop, which we're about to see here. Keep going here in your Bible. So Peter, it says in verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed Him. Peter and Andrew, these brothers, they dropped their nets and they began to follow Jesus, just like that. There's some other brothers who are fishermen. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and these guys were known as the sons of thunder, which meant they had tempers. All these fishermen had tempers. And his brother, John, so James and John are brothers. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, so they're fishing with dad, preparing their nets, and he called them. So Jesus is giving out the gospel call, saying, James, John, you come follow me. And he's doing that in front of daddy. So what do they do? Immediately, they left the boat. They leave their boat. And they leave their father. That's always a great Father's Day message there. They leave their father right there. And then they follow him. They're following him as well. So Jesus picked up four fishermen just like that. Now, flip over in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. This is when Peter is confronted with his sin. And it occurs in a boat catching fish. As the crowd was pressing in, I'm in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. I want you to follow along here. They're pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word. So they were not coming to Jesus for a healing at this point. They were not coming to Jesus so the blind could see. They were so impressed that Jesus knew the word of God and what he had to say about the, God's word, they were pop, mobbing him. So what does he do? 
It says he's standing by the lake Gesenaret. Where is this lake? This is the Sea of Galilee. Luke's was writing, Luke is a Gentile, and he's writing to a Gentile audience. In the Bible, you had Jewish terms and you had Gentile terms. This is so confusing. And Hebrew and Greek is uh, it's how it was throughout the Bible. That's why everything has two or three names. That's why there's Simon and there's Peter. So, Sea of Galilee, and then there's Lake Gesenaret. So, Lake Gesenaret is the Greek term for non-Jews to call the Sea of Galilee. So he's standing by the Sea of Galilee, and he's getting pressed in on all of these people wanting to hear him teach the Bible. So what does he do? He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. They're washing their nets. They had to do that because they didn't catch anything. And not only that, when you throw that net, not only do you get lots of fish, hopefully, you get sticks, mud, rocks, you get junk. Anything that goes down in the bottom, trash, anything that comes up, you're just getting stuff. So slime, uh, snakes, if there's any snakes in the water, and you're just catching it all, and then you're cleaning it out, your net, getting ready for next time when you go fishing. Otherwise, you have junk all in your net. So Jesus, look what he does. He got in one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put it out a little from land. So he took God in the boat because he's getting pushed up against, and he moves out like three feet because people aren't going to stand in the water. So he's just barely, barely out speaking to people on the land. He's teaching them the Bible. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And what Peter says is the most embarrassing thing. I have gone fishing many times before, and it's awful. It's awful because I don't ever catch anything. And it's awful when you go home, and the question is always asked, well, did you catch anything? And it's, it's shameful to say, well, no, I didn't. I was out there for three or four hours, and I came back with nothing. Or if you do catch stuff, it's little, little fish like that little brim, and you just throw them back. And just nothing to show for your catch. And it's, embar- it's, not, it's embarrassing if you don't catch anything. Well, this is a professional fisherman, and he has not caught anything. So this is embarrassing for Peter, this question. So just put your boat out in deep water, and Peter, you're going to make a catch. And Peter says in verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. You know what's hard about this? They already cleaned their nets. Their nets have been cleaned. They've spent all night throwing this cast net in the water and nothing has come up. You know, when that occurs, you're asking the question, are there any fish in this lake? Has some algae killed off all the fish? And that's, there's got to be a reason I'm not catching something. That's probably how Peter felt. But look at verse 6. Look what happens here. This, Jesus uses fishing to teach Peter something greater. It's not about to see if Jesus can catch some fish. Verse 6, when they did this, so they finally, they go out and they let their nets down one more time. It's like if you go to an amusement park. Zach took the teenagers, to the, all our teenagers here, the youth group, to an amusement park. And it's like, it's 9 o'clock at night, they're about to close, and they're like, let's just do one more roller coaster. 
one more time. It's like if you go eat at Golden Crow on the other side of town. You just pay 12 bucks for that all-you-can-eat buffet. You can't just have one plate. You need four plates. So you're walking out and say, let's just go through one more time and get our money's worth. That's what, that's what it's like here. Peter feels like just one more cast. He's being asked by Jesus. Just let your nets down one more time. And let's just see if anything happens. So they did this in verse 6, and they caught a great number of fish that their nets began to tear. This cast net starts ripping apart. There's so many fish in the net. They've never seen such. So they signaled to their partners. Who were their partners? This would have been James and John, Zebedee's boys. And they're also fishermen there with Andrew and Peter. So they get the motion of, hey, we need some help. We've got a gigantic catch right here. So they signal their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats, not one boat, both boats so full that they began to sink. Folks, we've never seen a catch like, like fish are jumping into the, the boats are sinking. Jesus literally sank the boats with the fish. There's so many fish in the net. Fish are jumping into the boats. Both boats are going or taking water in. Nets are te- tearing apart. And these four fishermen are looking around going, oh, in the history of the world, I just broke every single record at the Sea of Galilee fishing competition. I've now got my fish are so many, we're going under. They've never seen such a big catch. That's what Jesus just did. The Lord God made all the fish in that sea of every possible fish there is swim into those nets, jump into the boats, and just, just pour into what they have. And it was a true, miraculous catch. And it just took one cast of the net. So you see, what what is Jesus trying to do? To show that he's a better fisherman than Peter? To show that he can really bring them all in and sink a boat with the number of fish? Not at all. The main point of this sermon, and the main point of this text is verse 8. Here it is. Look what it says. When Simon Peter saw saw this. So what did he see? He witnessed, this is a miracle. This is not normal. I have fished my whole life, and I have never sank a boat with a fish. Fish have never jumped into the boat. Nets have never ripped apart because there's so many fish. Not only did one boat sink, the second boat sank as two. They're just going down. He realizes this is the Lord at work. This is not human fishing. When Simon Peter saw this, He fell at Jesus' knees and he says, Go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. When Jesus Christ speaks to you, when you see the power of God in your life, when you see the holiness of God, how He is perfect, how He has love for you, how He can do miracles, then you are reminded, I am not like God. I am a sinful man. God is holy. In order for you to get saved, in order for someone to walk this aisle and repent of their sins and trust Jesus as their Savior, they have to realize they're a sinner. They have to realize they're lost. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's pointing out to Peter. He's not trying to say, Peter, look look at me. I'm a better fisherman than you. He's saying, Peter, I am holy. And I'm coming here not to go fishing, but for you to see How much you need me. Peter needed Jesus. Peter was a man with an anger problem. Peter had, later on, he cut someone's ear off. Peter 
also, what's amazing about Peter is he's going to leave everything and he's going to follow Jesus right here for three years. But do you know what? He didn't go fishing for those three years, but he would return. Peter denied Jesus three times when Jesus was arrested. The rooster crowed, he had denied him three times. And you know where he went? When Jesus was crucified, Peter went back to his old job. He went back to being a fisherman. And it tells us in John 22 that after one of the resurrection appearances of Jesus, Peter was out on the Sea of Galilee. And there was a man cooking breakfast and fish on the shore. And Peter looked at him and he was called to say, Come, come have some breakfast. And Peter realized it was the Lord. What's sad about that story and what uh, Peter asked, or the, uh, the Lord asked, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Three times to reinstate him for the three times he denied him. What's sad about that story is the last time Peter had gone fishing was right here in this story. This was his last catch that he made. His next time he goes fishing is in John 22 when he's fishing after he had denied Jesus, he went back to his old life. And part of following Jesus, when we are called to follow Jesus, he's asking us not to go back to our old life. When you leave your nets, when you leave your family, when you leave your old ways, when you leave old habitual sins, you're saying, Lord, that's not who I am anymore. That's not me. Lord, I am following you. And Peter did that for three years, but he had a relapse, but then the Lord reinstated him. That's a recommitment, a rededication, is when someone goes back to their old ways and they rededicate their life. And Peter gave him that charge again about being a disciple. And maybe some of you, the real the gospel call is twofold. The gospel call is the Lord calling you, number one, that you need to follow him. You repent of your sins, you realize I'm a sinful man. He is a holy God. I'm going to follow the Lord. Because I'm living for yourself. We live in our wonderful city. There's thousands of people in our city who are living for themselves and they're spiritually lost. God is saying, you come and join me on what I, the kingdom work that I'm doing. And keep look, look at these last few verses here. For he and all those, verse 9, I'm going to read these last few verses. For he and I don't want y'all to look at your watch. For, for he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Look at the amazement. This is what the Lord does. When you join the Lord's work, he amazes you. When you follow Jesus, you're saying, God, I, I'm, not, I'm not living this way anymore. Lord, I want to follow you even through empty nets, even through dark, difficult days, even days I have no money, days I'm not hearing answers to prayer, days is hard, days of pain, days of setbacks. Lord, that's what it means to follow him. Remember, Peter was just throwing an empty net night, day after day. And then Jesus says to Peter, don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will catch people. You are going to be a fisher of men. Then they, br they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. And all these stories that we just read, look what all these four men left. They left their net, they left their boat, 
they left their father. James and John left their father, Zebedee. And knowing that, the Bible says they left everything and they followed him. When we follow Jesus, we are realizing our greatest need is that we are sinful and we need a holy, perfect God who is worthy and worth following. Following our culture, following Instagram, following the things of Lexington and the busyness of life and whatever's next, the next thing to do on your schedule, Jesus is saying, I'm greater. I offer more. You come and follow me. And Christ is asking you this afternoon, are you following Jesus? Are you following him? And we're going to give you an opportunity to get saved. Beecher, I'm going to invite you and the band to come forward. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, Peter, when he signed up to follow Jesus, he says, I am a sinner. Lord, you are holy. I'm not worthy. God, save me. You notice, Peter, he left those fish. After he brought all that, that boat with all those fish that was being, sent, being sunk, he got it to shore. It says he left everything and he followed him. So he just left behind his old life. He's realized there's something greater than fishing. And I'm inviting you this morning. You need to get saved. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, what it, the what, first step to get saved is realize, like Peter, I'm a, I'm a sinful man. I'm not worthy to be in your presence, Lord. And Peter fell at his knees and cried out, Lord, I'm yours. I'm willing and eager to follow you. And what's neat about Peter, remember he needed a rededication. After, the, after he denied Jesus, he went back to his old life of fishing. And Jesus again saw him on the lake and he pulled him out of that boat and says, no, you're not a fisherman. You're not fishing for those fish anymore, Peter. You're fishing for men, meaning you're doing kingdom work. Jesus chose Peter and Peter had a life of leading and pointing people to Jesus. God has a plan for you. God wants to use you. God, and God does this by making you a fisher of men. And we do that by daily following him. If you want to follow him this morning, now's our time to respond. So let's stand together. We're going to all stand. We're going to have our invitation. I stand down front. Zach Bauer stands next to me. If you want to join our church, you want to get baptized, you want to follow Jesus and get saved, we do that this morning here at our invitation.